Right. I know we've uh, only been going now, it's the third week, so we are still build, building culture. And one of the things that you need to know about this service is that you can, you can scream back at me, okay? So um, I'm not screaming, I'm just passionate, okay? So just know that. Uh, but you can say amen, and you can stand on your chairs, and you say, preach it, brother. Just don't break the chairs, because otherwise I need to pay it for it, or you. But in any case, uh, you can be excited about the service just as I am, and uh, we're going to have a good time. Right? Amen. Great. Because we are in a series called Choices. And uh, choices, and what choices can we make that leads to joy? Because when we make certain choices, that choices can lead to joy. So we have a, a theme verse for this couple of weeks till, till next week, which is uh, Isaiah 61 verse 3. And it says the following, uh, and it's Isaiah, he, he had this encounter of Jesus, and he knew who Jesus was. And this is what he says about Jesus. He says the following, uh, that uh, to, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. And I don't know about you, but, but you know your circumstances and, and you know the current feeling in this country. It's not at its best level. I mean, we had, we had a riot, well, it's not a riot, but it, it, it was a protest at, just at the border today because of people, they, they, they just don't want to be bogged down. They, they don't have a spirit of joy in them. They don't have a spirit of praise. There's not a lot of joy currently in the different states in our country. Hello? Hello? It's, it's, there's, there's not a joyful noise that's going around. It's people screaming at the police and the police screaming at them. And there's, there's a bit of fear going around. And then there's guys on their horses that, that's going around across the border. Did you see that today? It was incredible. I thought we are in Braveheart again. This guy cheering everybody up. Cross the border, everybody. And, and then the police came and then they arrested him and joy is gone. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a heaviness currently. But we can, we can make certain choices, church, that will lead to joy. And, and we uh, did speak about it last week, how, how Paul is just joyful. He said in 2 Corinthians uh, 6 verse 10, As sorrowful, yet rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. And probably Paul is the best guy to speak on joy. I mean, Paul has, has taken a whole chapter just to list what went wrong with him. But still, he had joy. I mean, Paul was the guy that was 36 hours shipwrecked. Paul was the guy that got five times the lashes that Jesus had. And still, he was joyful. And we said last week to each other that we should pray first. And, and by praying first, that brings joy because that's what Paul said. And he said, rejoice, everybody. I, I repeat, he said, rejoice. And, and the interesting thing is that Paul was in prison while writing to the Philippians. He was in prison. And he's still saying, I'll rejoice. How, how does he get that? How is it possible for someone? How is it that, that you can be in prison but yet be joyful? I think 
The thing about Paul was he was in prison, but the prison wasn't in him. He was in the prison, but the prison wasn't in him. And that's why he, he can make the choice, I'll be joyful, and we need to rejoice. And another thing that we have this picture about God, and, and Pastor Pat said it this morning, we have sometimes this picture of God that he's, he's an angry God and he's going to take away from us and he's, gonna, he's the one that, that mostly going to steal our joy. And, and sometimes that's our picture of him. But it's the wrong picture of who God is. God is not the one church that steals our joy. In fact, he's the one that gives joy. It's, it's the devil that steals. And Jesus said it in John 10, 10. He says, the thief, and that's a reference to the devil. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said the following, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Meaning God is the one that adds to our life. He wants to add to your life. He wants to add. But see, there, there's some things that we do and some choices that we make that come and steal our joy. And one of the choices that we do make that steals our joy is by constantly sinning. And if, uh, in a, if we said we need to make the right choices last week by praying first, tonight is about purity and, and living a life of purity and what it means for us because sin comes and steals from us. And there's three things actually that sin does in our lives. Three things that it does in our lives. Number one, sin steals our joy. It's going to steal, steal your joy. And if we, you keep on living a life of sin, it's going to steal your joy. You're going to carry stuff that you don't need to carry. But what sin does, it's going to kill you. Psalm 32 verse 1 says the following. It says, blessed is the one. And that word blessed in the Hebrew literally means to be happy. To be happy. Happy is the one. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin, uh, whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, meaning when you kept your sins only to yourself and, and, and living a sinful life, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Meaning your joy is being is stolen. It's sin steals our joy. For the day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and you did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my, of, uh, of my sin. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. And David goes on and he says, Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. Your righteous, uh, uh, you righteous, sing all you who upright in heart. 
What does joy comes? It comes and uh, sin does. It comes and steals our joy. It comes and steals our joy. Second thing that sin does, sin kills our lives. It's not just physically, but sin has an impact on our job, on our friends, on our relationships with our parents, on our relationships with, our, uh, with husbands and wives. It, it, it kills our lives. And, and Psalm says the following. It says in Psalms uh, 73, 18 and 19, Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terror. Some of us are on slippery grounds. We are slipping away. We are not living, church, the best life that God has for us. And we sometimes think that it, that it is He that wants to steal our joy and kill our joy, but it's not. It's the thief. And through sin, it comes and kills our joy and steals our joy and kills our lives. Thirdly, what sin does, sin destroys our identity. You may not know this, but it kills our identity. Psalm 38 verse 4 and then verse 6 says the following, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought low. I am bowed down and brought low. And some of us is living a version of our lives of what we did or what we do. And that's not the version that God has in store for you, church. The ver what you do for a living is not who you are. What you did last week is not who you are. If you have done sin last week, that is not who you are. And I promise you, the devil is going to keep reminding you of your sinful nature. Why? Because he wants to steal your identity. But church, that is not who you are. And, and sometimes we get bogged down by our, by, our, by our own transgressions. And this burden is becoming too heavy for us. And we don't live a joyful life because we are constantly bogged down in sin. And it comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. But there is a better way because there is a better version that God has for you in store. The question would be, so what do we do, Zalva? What do we do? Because we cannot be guilty and happy at the same time. It's impossible. And the devil is going to always remind you of how guilty you are. He's always going to remind you of what you did. He's going to be like that movie, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Try and remind you. The question is then, but what do we do? What is the choices that we can make? To not live a life of guilt and shame and have joy in our lives. And there's some daily choices that we need to make. One of the words probably in, in church life and in our Christian world that is the most misrepresented word is the word repent. It's the word repent. We normally think, when we think about that word, it's, it's, it's uh, I must turn or burn, you know? And, 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 
And we think that that word means to, 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 to be a bad person and then go to Jesus or, or, or go to a place and pay some money and then your sins is forgiven. Church, one thing that you need to know, one thing that you need to know, when you've asked God for forgiveness and when you've been born again as a Christian, your past, present, and future sin has been forgiven. Oh, I thought it's just me that's glad about that. But what the word repent literally means is two Greek words. It's the word metanoia, metanoia, that literally means the renewal of your mind. And the second Greek word is epistrephe. Don't ask me how to spell it, it's Greek for me. But what it, what it means is literally, what, what the word repent means is literally to, to turn 180 degrees away and not get, see how close can I get to the edge until I fall. It's no, it's turning 180. And when Paul says repent every day, what he means is turn away from your old life and your old habits and renew your mind. You don't have to live in sin anymore. That's why in, in Acts 3, 19, it says the following, now repent of your sins and turn to God, meaning don't sin anymore, coach yourself, remind yourself to turn away from that old lifestyle and turn to God. Repent literally means turn away and, 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 and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Do you know what is the time of refreshment? It's joy. It's experiencing peace. How do we do it? By repenting, meaning I'm going to turn away from that lifestyle and I'm going to make a couple of choices. That's why David said in Psalm 32, 1 in the New Living Translation, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. There's joy in that, whose sin is put out of sight. I mean, David was the guy that committed adultery, and, and he was the guy that, that literally committed adultery with, with Bathsheba and, and killed her husband to cover up his, his mess. But in David's psalm, there's four things, four daily choices that we can make. Just like we did last week, how we went through a chapter of Philippians, we're going to just go through this psalm of David and, and just see what is the four daily choices that we can make so that we can experience joy in our lives. But there's four things that David said in Psalm 51. He said, wash me, cleanse me, create in me, and restore in me. That can become our daily choice every day as we turn away from sin as we renew our mind. Number one, first choice that we can make is daily choose to put to death my old sin nature. Why? Because Psalm 51 2 says, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from all my sin. And this is a daily choice that we need to make. It's literally a habit that we need to train ourselves in church 
in saying daily I'm going to choose to put to death that old sin nature. Why? Because it's going to stand up the next day and the next day. And it's this constant fight between your, your natural self and your, your fleshly body and your spiritual body. And it's like zombies. It just gets up every morning again. Here I am. This fleshly nature. I don't know about you, but I hate traffic. Anybody else? And the worst version of Zalvin gets out, especially if bad planning from my side caused me to be stuck in traffic. And I know I'm not the best pastor when it comes to traffic and with the cars in front of me and behind me. I mean, there's, what are you looking at? I mean, he has to look in front of him. It's not that he looks at me. Okay. But it's just there's something in me that stands up and I need to remind myself daily that is not who you are. You are a man of God and you're going to pastor these people one day that's going up and down in Mogul Road. So be the right pastor to them in your car as well. So daily, I need to remind myself every day, especially when I'm late before I get into the car, that is not who you are. Put to death the old sin nature. And the next morning, what, what happens? Here I am again. Why are you riding on my tail so close? And then I just, but that's an old sinful nature. And I need to turn away from it. Renew your mind, Salvin. Put to death, daily choose to put to death the old sin nature. It should become a daily practice. And church, it's not easy. It is not easy. Sometimes I have to repent in the car. Sorry, God. I'll turn from this wicked ways of being a stubborn South African on the road. Why? Romans 8, 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its, uh, by its dictates, you will die. You will die. If you, if you constantly live in a sinful nature, you will die. And it's not just physically. Your dreams will die. Your relationships will die down and break down. Stuff will die. But there's a but. And thank God for but in the Bible. One T. But... It's a joke, church. <laughs> but if through the power of the Spirit, who you put to death, of the power of Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. What's the daily choice that I can make? Choose to put death the old sin nature. Every morning, God, that is not who I am. I'm going to think differently. I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to be who you say I am. Every morning, cleansing me, Psalm 51, 7, cleansing me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. David comes, and he urges us 
with a daily choice to daily release my past and take another step towards freedom. And some of us is not living the best version of yourself. You're living in your past. You're living in the things and, and you're being reminded of, of what you did last week and last month and, and where you, when you still was a teenager and, and, and you're not living the best version of yourself. And one of the strategies of the devil is he's going to constantly remind you of your past, church. There's two things. He's going to remind you of your past or he's going to remind you and keep you in your future. He does not want you to live in the now, but he's going to keep on. I remember what you did. I remember how bad you were. I remember that thing that you did. Oh, and that thing that you did. And, and, and church, whenever the devil reminds you of your past, you can kindly remind him of his future. Because that is internal hell. Don't live that version of your life. And sometimes we, we, we take on the identity of what we did. And that's not who you are because you are a son and a child of the living God, church. And I am preaching 76% better than that that you have just responded to. You are a son and a daughter, church, of the living God. Thank you. I'll take the two. Amen. And that's why we need friends. That's why we need to be in groups. That's why we need to surround ourselves. Because we do have a past. And we do have masks. But we need to surround ourselves with people. And say, listen, this is, this is probably my bad habits. This is the things that I did. And whenever we can, we can tell that to someone and take off our mask, that's when actual healing is going to take place place. That's why I want to encourage you to, to join in a connect group or join in a group. And if you're not part of a group, let's just form groups. May we be at churches of groups and not with groups. By starting to connect. That's why James 5, 16 in the message says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. If you want healing in your life, start confessing your sins to your brothers and your sisters who you trust. That's when healing takes place because we all sin. But how do we heal? How do we heal from our past? We take off our mask. Listen, I struggle with this, this, and this. And you're going to be surprised in your group or when you started to trust people. They're going to go, oh, you too. Yes. But then healing starts to play, take place. Thirdly, David says in verse 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We should daily pursue God's plan for our lives. And he has a plan for you. For every one of us, he has a plan. He has a plan for you. And God, the Lord wants to use you, church. The Lord wants to use you. You may be thinking, how does he want to use me? 
He wants to use you just by greeting someone at church, becoming a, a greeter at church. You may say, Zalman, how, how is that God using me? Let me tell you a little bit of a secret into church life and volunteer life. Volunteers always experience breakthroughs and miracles first. You may ask, how, how is it possible? How is it possible? Remember John 2? Jesus asked them, come fill these cans. Nobody knew of his first miracles except for the volunteers that came to fill the cans with water. And they've got to experience the first miracle that Jesus did. And I've seen it happen in church. My whole life I've seen it happen where people at the door greet people and they come to church like this. They go sit there. Week after week, they don't smile. They don't do anything. But suddenly God touches their heart, changes their life. Next week at church, they come with a big smile. How are you? Who's the first person that recognizes it? The greeter at the door. The usher here. God wants to use you, church. May we become a church that wants to be used by God. Because he wants to use you. And you should daily pursue God's plan for you. That's why Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. What is his will for you? Which is good and pleasing and perfect. He wants you to experience that. He wants to use you. But we need to make that daily choice. God, use me today to be a good servant for you. Use me in the marketplace today. Use me at my work to bless somebody. Use me at church. Use me, God, my gifts and my talents. How can I be a blessing to you? Whenever we are being used by God, we experience joy. And lastly, lastly, Psalm 51 James, you can come up. And Psalm 51, 12 and 13 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressions your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Number four, daily live a life that impact others. We need to daily live a life that impact other people. That impact up the people at, at work, in the grocery stores, wherever. And this is the real joy of salvation. If you want to know the real joy of salvation, the real joy of salvation is when you are doing something for other people. When you are serving other people. When you are doing something good for others. Ask anybody here this evening. Ask the greeters how they are doing. They're probably doing great. Why? Because they experience the joy of salvation. One of the biggest joys of salvation is to serve other people. To see how you can make a difference in their lives. And I actually want to challenge you this evening. I want to challenge you to, to two things. One, 
is that you will invite a friend next week because every Sunday we have an opportunity to, for someone to give their life to Christ. But not just that. Second, that you will join a team, a team of, uh, of volunteers. Maybe you have a, a gift of hospitality or maybe you have a gift of servitude. Or I'm, not, I'm not sure what your gift is. You probably know what your gift is. But when you start to serve people, when you start to do something for people that can't pay you back, that can do nothing for you, when you start to just greet people at the door, even though they are very angry and very hurt and, 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 and they are being bogged down by sin and the guilt of life, that's when we experience joy. That's when we experience life in its fullest. It's joy is more than a feeling. It's a way of living. And it's a daily choice that we need to make. Why? Because choices lead, feelings follow. We need to daily choose, God, I'm going to turn away. I'm not going to let sin bog me down anymore because you don't want to come and kill and steal. That's the devil that does that. You don't want to bog down. You want me to experience joy. God, I'm going to choose joy by daily turning away from a sinful nature and daily choose you and the plans that you have for me. But God, I'm, I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm going to, with these hands, I'm going to serve people. I'm going to invite friends to church that doesn't know you, but they're going to get an opportunity to know you. And you're going to experience joy once you see they raise their hand. I'm choosing Jesus. So here's my invitation. One, every one of us has a friend that doesn't know Jesus. I want you to invite them next week to church. It's going to be a great sermon as we end off this series. But there's going to be a great opportunity for them to choose Jesus. But don't tell them I've told you this now. If I say next week, close your eyes, we're going to give an opportunity. Sneak peek with one eye. Your friend. I tell you, if they raise their hand choosing Jesus, that's going to bring so much joy into your life. Yes, in theirs, but you're going to feel a feeling of it. Why? Because just you invited them. You can have them experience the joy of salvation. But two, second invitations. Go pray this weekend. Lord, where can I serve at church? Where can I serve this community? If we don't have a ministry yet, here's my promise to you, if we don't have a ministry yet for you to serve, we will create that. I will help you with that. Why? Because there's a dream in every one of us and there's a ministry in every one of us and God wants to use you to serve His kingdom so that you can experience joy and life to the fullest. I want to invite you. Invite a friend next week. Also go and pray, God, where can I serve your church so that I may experience more joy in my life? Let's close our eyes. Lord, thank you for the daily choices that we can make. Thank you, Lord, that 
that you will you want to add to our lives you want us to experience joy Lord I pray that every one of us will make the daily choices daily choose to walk away from sinful nature from the past life daily choose Lord to serve you Lord and may we experience joy as we've never experienced it before and as every eye is closed tonight, I want to invite you to accept Christ if you haven't done it yet. Maybe you've come your whole life to church and it's just about coming to church. But there is a choice that we need to make. And that choice is to receive the gift of salvation. If this is new to you, I'm probably speaking to you. If you have never accepted the gift of salvation, I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you to the front or expose you. Nobody's going to look around tonight. That's next week. I want to pray for you tonight as every eye is closed. If you want to accept Christ and say, Zalvin, I need to lay down this sinful life. I want to choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and the gift of salvation that he has for me. It's free. You can't earn it, but you have to accept it. If you want to accept that gift, would you just raise your hand and take it down again? I just want to include you in this prayer. Thank you. You can, you can let it down. Thanks. This, this may be one more person. I'm going to give another chance. And then we're going to pray. I really want to pray for you. Thank you. You can... As every eye is closed, there's, there's two hands that went up, and I want to pray for them, but I want everybody in this room to pray after me as we are just supporting those two people that's accepting Christ tonight. So would you please pray hard after me? Lord Jesus, I come tonight, and I declare that I am a sinner, but thank you for forgiving me my past my present and my future sin and I declare you as my Lord and Savior and I accept the gift of salvation in Jesus mighty name Amen